Welcome back to Two C's with a pod. No Matt this week. Y'all are stuck with just me. Matt is being fish famous. Um, he, at last check, was out on a boat. I do believe that he made it back safely. Uh, so he will be back next week, maybe the next week. I don't know. You know, I just never know where he is. Um, so I decided to do something a little different this week. You got me solo. Um, and what I'm going to do is kind of share with you my year. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about this off and on. Um, and I don't know how deep we'll get into it, but uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it fly and we'll uh, we'll see where it takes me. So, you know, 2021 for a lot of people was kind of 2020 on repeat. And for me, it started a lot that way, too. Um, this was probably my most interesting year um, because it was a year of two halves. You know, most of the time, you, most years, everything just kind of peaks and valleys. It's normal. Um, but for me, 2021 was almost half the year. Um, I wasn't in a great place. And it took coming out of that to realize that I, I wasn't in a great place. And, um, you know, I learned a lot, changed a lot of my perspective and, you know, those types of things. And so um, for me, the first half of the year was very forgettable in many ways. Um, but you know, as I've often heard, it's, it's the darkest before the light. Um, you know, and I, I've also always believed that the year doesn't really start to take its personality till about March or April. You know, I, I generally feel like January and February are just kind of a continuation of the, of the previous year, but, um, and January sure felt that way, um, for me and I'm sure for a lot of people, it was a continuation of 2020. Um, you know, we were still very much in the thick of COVID still very much wearing masks everywhere. Um, it, it really, it crushed business. And, you know, as, as you all know that we, we sold the equipment and, um, you know, found somebody to take over the lease of our, our smoothie factory. And, but we knew about this time we had to make some decisions whether to renew or not both the lease and the a contract with the franchise. And it, you know, if it had been a year, year and a half earlier, we may have considered doing it. Um, but we didn't, uh, COVID really, it negatively impacted our business in a major, major way. We were reliant on people being out and about. We were reliant on, gym people. We were reliant on salespeople. We were reliant on real estate agents. We were reliant on construction guys. We were reliant on busy parents going to and from. And COVID took away a vast majority of our clientele. The other thing that it did is uh, employees. It made getting and retaining employees much, much more difficult. So we were faced with supply chain issues. And these are all issues that you'll hear about in the news firsthand. Um, I can tell you in many ways, 2021 was worse for us than 2020 was. And 2020 wasn't great. At least in 2020, we had payroll protection money and EIDL money and things like that that could offset the loss of revenue that just suddenly occurred. Um, but what, what 2021 saw is, okay, so let's say in 2020, we didn't have any customers. Well, that's no good. In 2021, we couldn't get product. We couldn't get, um, we couldn't get product and we couldn't get people. So finding employees became a, a monumental task in and of itself. I can't tell you the number of times that we had people that we had contacted, put in an application in, we contacted them for an interview. And not only do they not, they basically just ghost the interview. Um, so they apply for a job with us. A day or two later, we have them scheduled for an interview and they just no-show it. And that was a very, very common thing. And it was very common for, you know, many, it, it became kind of a thing where, well, we'll just 
reduce the staff because we can't find reliable people. And, and it wasn't, maybe it was a pay thing. Maybe it wasn't, you know, it's, it's very hard to tell, but you know, what I can tell you is that we were well above, our people were well above minimum wage. Um, the, the folks that, that we had. And so, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I do know that finding employees was a challenge. Finding reliable employees was a challenge and frankly, finding supplies. Um, we would sell supplements off of our, off of our shelves and it, our minimum order had to be $300. And I remember those orders became, we would normally order say around 12 to $1,500 in, in one of these, uh, these orders. And those 12 to 100, $1,500, well, they would fulfill 800 bucks. They'd fulfill 750. They'd fulfill 600. Well, eventually it got to the point where our order was below the minimum for shipping. And the last order that we tried to place, they literally had one, one skew of the nearly 300 SKUs that we had. So from a business standpoint, it was really, really tough. And that really, looking back on it, really impacted my psychological. Um, you know, and I remember people asking me how business was. And, you know, with some people, I would be honest with them. And with other people, I would just gloss it over and be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, kind of sucks. It's hard, but it's hard for everyone. And, you know, the thing is, is that I think that deep down, I probably knew when COVID started that our business wasn't strong enough to survive. And I think that there were many businesses that went out right as COVID hit. And then I think there was a lingering tail of businesses that, you know, maybe they could make it, maybe they were kind of on their last leg and COVID was going to be the thing that, that really kind of culled the herd, so to speak. And I think that we were part of cult, that culling of the herd. Um, you know, and, and, and there were times where, you know, I wondered how much of this was on me, um, which it all was on me because, you know, the, the success of the business is really dependent on the owner. And, you know, so there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of reconciliation and there was a lot of soul searching and a lot of mirror looking at to what could I do to fix this? And the answer was something that I wasn't, that I didn't have and I wasn't willing to do. And that was, it needed a ton of capital funded into it. And I didn't trust my franchisor uh, as a business partner. I didn't trust the landlord. Um, I didn't trust the suppliers. So I was in a in a situation where I didn't trust any of the people that I was needing to help me do business. And so I knew that I was I knew that I was going to be done. I knew there was no way that I was going to renew that contract. And we had tried to put the business up for sale uh, a few different times and just probably overpriced the first few times now that I do this professionally, um, which we'll get into later. But the business was probably overpriced, and that's why we probably didn't get very much, very many looks at it. Um, but neither here nor there on on the, the price of the business, we put the business up this time basically for sale, um, tried to get some people to buy into the franchise and people just didn't want that franchise. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm coming off of a very tough COVID year. Business is down. We're trying to sell the business. We're trying to convince people that, hey, this is a business that can rebound, that can be good. It needs this capital put into it. And we had this guy that um, he was going to buy it. He was actually going to buy it for his daughter. And he was going to basically instead of sending his words were instead of sending her to Mizzou to party away, uh, you know, 80 or $100,000 of his money, he would just buy her a business and let her run it and learn business. And it's kind of like, well, you know, that actually that actually makes sense, um, you know, in, in some some weird way. But 
you know, as, as time went on, he kind of, the, the communication be kind of, if it was, you know, if we were communicating two or three times a day, it maybe became once a day. And then it was every other day. And then he started flaking out on meetings and started missing meetings. And, you know, and then t finally when I, I pinned him down on, hey, are we going to meet? You know, we need to shit or get off the pot here. Um, you know, he dropped the bomb of, well, my daughter wants to go to college. And so, you know, I'm going to need you to stick around for X period of time. You know, it's like basically till now. Um, help me get get it up and going. And, you know, essentially, basically, I was going to sell this to him, become his manager. And then if the business did good over that six months, I would get the remainder of my money, which horrible deal, right? Um, so, you know, thanks, but no thanks. So we started looking for other people. And, you know, this is all during the winter. And it was, it was tough, tough time. So here we've got, you know, businesses and selling business certainly isn't doing well. Um, we know that we've got a limited amount of time to to get out or I was going to have to find work in a short amount of short period of time. And, you know, and then early in the year, you, you we had all of the political stuff. So, you know, if you think back a year, a year ago, we were just coming off of a very, very nasty political season and a very nasty political time. And social media had TV and entertainment and everything like that had just become, in my opinion, a cesspool. And it was negative after negative after negative after negative after negative. And then you see this thing happen on January 6th. And you're like, what in the world is going on what is happening to this country um you know but the the one saving grace for me was i had the chiefs i had patrick mahomes as my quarterback chiefs were rolling coming off a of super bowl and then we're gonna win another one and then super bowl 55 happened and i, I as sad as it sounds that was it that was the breaking point for me um, I, I'll never forget Jim Nance saying one final indignity as a ball pops up in the air and is intercepted and I turn the TV off and I took Twitter and Facebook off my phone and I didn't log on to them and I didn't log on or watch TV for two months. Um, you know, I was, I was just in a really bad headspace and i was doing everything that i could to keep myself afloat um you know i don't know if on the outside it looked fine um i know what i was battling on the inside um there was a lot of imposter syndrome there was a lot of self-deprecation there was a lot of um negativity that i was carrying and you know saying some the things that i was saying to myself they they, they, I, I, I've used this in the past, but basically if we talk to ourselves, if we talk to others the way that we talk to ourselves, we wouldn't have any friends. And I can tell you, I probably would have got my ass handed to me. I probably would have got my ass kicked several times. Um, and I certainly wouldn't have had any friends had I been saying the things that I was saying to myself to others. Um, but you know, the, the weird thing is I, uh, without those two months of TV and social media, I started consuming different content and I started listening to different audiobooks and I started listening to different podcasts. Um, you know, I, I've always been active. I've always worked out. I've always tried to maintain a, a fitness regimen. Um, but I started taking walks, um, just kind of not necessarily to kill time, but it was kind of just my way away from, um, and really, and really the way that they started is I needed to kind of think what was my next career going to be. I needed to think about what criteria do I want? Where do I want to work? Do I want to travel? Uh, do I want to go to an office every day? Do I want to have a home office? Do I want, um, do I want responsibility for people? Do I want to be an individual, like an individual contributor? Um, do I want to clock in at eight o'clock, leave at five o'clock? 
not have a laptop, not take it home? Do I want a flexible schedule to where, hey, you know, might go into work at noon and be done by three or four, might have to work till seven or eight, might, you know, take a few days off. So I had to start thinking about, you know, kind of where I was going to go. What was my next move going to be? And it was around this time that Jim Rome started this new podcast called the Reinvention Podcast. And I was looking for different podcasts and different content, different things to consume because I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't, you know, hitting ESPN, CNN, Fox News, anything really. And so I was looking for different, different content to to consume. And I figured, well, I've always liked Rome and I sure as hell am looking to reinvent. So, Hey, let's give this a shot. And it was a few episodes in and I was hooked. Um, you know, and I was introduced to people that I probably should have known about or should have heard about in the past, but I hadn't. And these are people like Ed Milet, Damon West, Ryan Holiday, John Gordon, and, and many, many others. And these people, through this podcast, the Reinvention Podcast with Jim Rome, introduced me to concepts that I had probably known about, but I had re basically been reintroduced to me um, through this. And you know, and there there are things that in my office I, I have just these little notes just jotted around that are placed randomly, and they say things like standard over feelings, stacking days, life happens for you, not to you. And, you know, the, the ones that come along at exactly the right time, um, positivity is being a choice, talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself. And the one that I ultimately gravitated to the most, and it was this thing about gratitude walks. And gratitude walks kind of became staple of my weekly and, and daily routine. And the concept was pretty simple, and it was borrowed from a book that I was introduced to on this the shows. It's John Gordon's book. It's called The Energy Bus. And, you know, the, the Energy Bus is 100% transparency here. It is a pretty corny book. It's a pretty corny story. But if you can get past all of that and understand the lessons that are being taught in each chapter – um, it can be a life-changing book. And for me, I consider it one of the, the things that really helped with my turnaround of why I had a year of two halves. And, you know, the thing about the energy bus and the thing about this, these gratitude walks is that from my house to there's a stoplight that's kind of a, an access road to the, the main thoroughfare of the city and so it's about a it's about a two mile round trip walk it's about a mile down mile back so i would walk down to the stoplight and on the way down all i think about are positive things that happened in my life and they could be as simple as i woke up my alarm clock i have a cell phone an iphone that has everything that i would ever want to know in it or access to it. And that's what wakes me up. When I put my feet on the floor, I can walk. I have a temperature. I have a house. I have a shower that I can turn on that goes to a comfortable temperature. When I have to go to work, regardless of the place where I was going at the time that I did not like, um, felt was an albatross around my neck, um, I had a place to go. I had a car that worked. I had a car that got me there. That place afforded me food and shelter and, you know, the basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, and so, you know, I would think about all of these things that were positive in my life on the way out. And oftentimes I would get out, I would get to the end of this, this walk and I'd have to turn around. And I'd still have a list of things that I could have easily, easily went to. And then on the way back, I was able to complain. What's not going right? What don't I like? What's bothering me? What's annoying me? What's frustrating me? And what I found 
is that I would exhaust that list maybe a quarter of a mile back. So I'd have three-fourths of a mile left of like no complaints because I've exhausted them all. I've thought about them all. You know, I, 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 I talked about them. And what it reinforced and what it, it gave me from a mental and a physical and emotional standpoint was it highlighted just how much time, energy, focus, and effort I was spending on these low percentage things that I wasn't focusing on the important things and that I wasn't focusing on what was right. And I'm not saying ignore your problems and put them to the side because it's not. But what I was able to do is I was able to take these problems and then on that three quarters of a mile that I still had to get home, I could reframe the, okay, this is something that's bothering me. And I would just ask myself, what's the solution? What can we do to fix this? What can we do to change the situation? And if I can't do it today, can I do something tomorrow? And if I can't do something tomorrow, can I make a plan? Can I make a path? Can I make a strategy? How important is this to change? Can I just eliminate it? Can we just get rid of it? I, I also listen to Jocko Willink a lot. And he's got this, um, there's a passage in this book. It's called Discipline Equals Freedom. And it's basically, it, it's one of the most simplest things that you can that you can think about. But we get in our way. And I, I am 100% raising my hand, even though this is an audio thing. You just take my word for it. I'm raising my hand here that we get in our own way. And, you know, one of the things that he says is, if you want to be happy, be happy. If you don't want to be fat, don't be fat. If you want to sleep more, sleep more. If you want to make more money, make more money. The point being, do it. Don't talk about it. Figure out a plan, figure out an approach, and do it. And that was the mindset that I would have. So all of these things that started to bother me, all these things that I just let weigh on me, I just started rephrasing the question. How can I do these better? How can I make these better? What can I do to impact this? And, you know, as I, I would often listen to, you know, either the reinvention podcast or some of the other podcasts that I'd picked up, some that I'd maintained, some books that I'd picked up. And um, I, I consumed so many over the, over the course of this time and over the course of the year that some of them have kind of ran together. Um, but there was a, there was a passage in one of them that said, you can worry about it or you can pray about it, but you can't do both. And that really gravitated towards me as well. That really resonated with me because I would be on these walks and I was wondering, you know, I would ask myself, is this something you're worried about? And what does worrying do for you? What good is what good is worrying about this? Pray for help. Pray for the ability, the skills, the knowledge, the wisdom. Pray for whatever it is that you can impact this. You know, there's a uh, there's a saying where if uh, if you're asking if you ask for help digging out of trouble, you can expect a shovel to be laying next to you when you wake up the next day. So nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Um, and so this was a transition time for me uh, mentally and emotionally to where I had changed my perspective and energy from negative to positive. What was I sending in the world? Um, what had my mind uh, my mindset had been worry, worry, worry. And I had shifted that. I started shifting to gratitude. And what I found is that with this more positive outlook and this more positive energy and reframing frustrations, annoyances, and questions into questions, different questions of answering, because reframing a question, we will, if we are posed with a question, we will, we will seek an answer. We will think about that. And so sometimes the question was, should I be asking a different question? And 
that's the way that that I started approaching things and things just started going. And, you know, I remember there was another guy that was going to, this is late April, May, you know, and I mean, I'm running out of time here. And there was this guy and he was going to buy the business. And this guy was giving every buy signal in the world. Uh, I'd had a series of meetings with him, probably spent eight to 10 hours in meetings with this guy. Um, answered his questions, you know, and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go forward with it. Uh, you know, basically I probably knew that when I met with him and his wife and his wife, um, uh, I mean, she, she looked like she wanted to be anywhere, but there. And so this guy wasn't going to sell his wife. Um, you know, which was a, a lesson that I've learned and a lesson that I, that I've taken with me on, you know, people buy things on emotion and I, I've always known this, um, but there's gotta be a rational balance. And if a husband and wife are evaluating buying something and the wife is not on board, it's not going to happen. Husbands don't convince their wives to do anything. I'm, I'm convinced of that, but, um, you know, in the in the past, I would have been heartbroken and went into a three day sulk. Um, but you know, I got the news. I talked to the guy's broker and said, "Hey, you got anybody else?" Or you know, and he that was about it. You know, like, oh, that stinks. Um, probably not going to be able to convince this guy, but that boy, that stinks. And you know, moved on. And you know, three days later. I get a call from the guy that eventually is going to buy the business. And, it, you know, it was ironic. He actually called on the day that uh, Annika broke her wrist. She was out on the, uh, she was out on the monkey bars uh, showing her friend how to use them. Um, in my opinion, she was showing her friend how to not use the monkey bars, but uh, neither here nor there. And she fell. She broke her wrist. Um, we had T-ball that night. And so I went and coached the game and I was coming home. She was coming home from the hospital and my phone rang and it was that it was a guy that ultimately would buy the, buy the business. And, you know, within eight weeks, this thing that we had set our, our mind on getting rid of, um, it was gone. It was gone. It was 3,220 days. I added them up that we had owned this place, that I had worried about this place. And it was gone. And it was, you know, people people always ask me, well, was it bittersweet? No, it wasn't. It was sweet. I was glad it was gone. I was grateful that it was gone. I'm grateful that the person that bought it has the opportunity to go in and grow. I'm grateful that we had set a foundation. I'm grateful that we had built a customer base for him. I am grateful that he has the opportunity to go in and be successful, make a better life for himself. Um, I, I'm grateful for his friendship. I'm grateful for the opportunity that, you know, I, I did probably more to help him set up his business and get people around him, build a team around him. Um, than nearly any other seller would do. But there was a lot of things when I was going through this that I just didn't know. And man, I wish somebody would have would have told me. I wish that somebody would have been there to help me. Um, and so so I did it. And I don't know why I did it, um, but I did. And I probably did it because I want him, selfishly, I want him to be successful. Um, so I, I don't know why I did it, but I, I think that, you know, there's probably some self-motivation, some, I told you so for somebody in there, although I don't know who I would tell, I told you so this could have, this could have worked, but, um, but there, there it was, I mean, eight weeks helped him get business set up, helped him get, um, introduced to people around town that could help him, helped him get, you know, whatever it was that he needed. 
<clears throat> and uh, he uh, he was up and going. And then, you know, as of July 26, uh, 2021, I, I was done. I closed the doors, locked things up. He took over August 1st and, you know, he's he's there. And but it, it, it was kind of this odd time for me because it, even after. Even after I had closed, I found myself getting up and doing the habitual things that I had done for that particular store. I was looking at daily sales reports. Well, that's weird. There's no revenue coming in because there's no sales. Um, uh, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday I would roll around and I'd open up a, a scheduling template. Well, I don't have any employees to schedule. I'd look at the bank accounts. Um, now, looking at the bank accounts was something that I, I kind of needed to do because the uh, the bank accounts were uh, – the, the interesting thing is when, when you close a business, you still have some things you have to pay on. And as odd as this sounds, a lot of companies will not just let you buy out. So like our credit card processor, our payroll provider, and – uh, a couple others required monthly payments through the end of the contract. So instead of, and, th and they're small amounts, like $12 and 45 cents, 75 bucks a month, you know, things like that. And it's like, yeah, can I just pay you $500 and we call it good? And they're like, no, we have to, we have to draw it every month. So I had to keep going through and kind of look at, um, so I had to go through and kind of keep looking at uh, the bank account just to make sure that, you know, you don't, had some unexpected thing that hits you into overdraft and, you know, and then you've got other things. So, but, you know, between that, that time in July, I, I knew that I had, I knew that I had six weeks that I had nothing to do. Um, and so, you know, I, many of you may remember I had the summer of no worries. Um, you know, I wish it would have been a 12 week. I wish it would have been a 16 week, but Hey, that was the timing that we were able to, uh, to negotiate on the sale of the business. And, um, you know, before I knew that once the kids went back to school, I would start my my new career because, you know, I found even in those six weeks, I'd get bored just sitting at the house. Like, I'm just not a good, I have to, as Ricky Bobby said, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. So I need something to do. But before I did that, you know, that six weeks of no worries was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, I had no work responsibilities. So people would ask me when the store was winding down, well, what are you going to do? And I would always tell them, I would say, uh, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to point my car south and I'm going to drive until the map turns blue. And then I'm probably going to park my ass in the sand and not have a, uh, not be too far away from a white trash beer like PBR. And for the most part, that's exactly what I did. Um, you know, we loaded the kids and my father-in-law up in the uh, the old family truckster, pointed it south. Spent an amazing week in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, no worries. First time in ten years that I had gone on vacation, and I didn't have to worry about employees. I didn't have to worry about equipment breaking. I didn't have to worry about anything. Shipment not showing up. Um, Google review. Nothing. I didn't have to worry about it. And it, it was refreshing because I remember that one time I had, I was on vacation and an employee's cousin or something like that committed suicide. So she certainly wasn't coming in. Um, and another time I had a manager that waited till I got about three three hours out of town and uh, wanted to negotiate her raise a few months in 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 advance. Um, had three three staff members turn in their resignation a few weeks, uh, uh, nearly you know a couple weeks before I was supposed to go on vacation. So had a freezer go out. So there was always something when I would go on vacation. And my vacations went from when we first opened the business to um, 
you know, it would be a week, 10 days um, to where it kind of became a, well, let's take a long weekend. Let's take two or three days. And, you know, I can't, can't be gone too long. This one, there was, there was no worries for that. For the first time that I can ever remember, I was six days into a seven-day vacation and go, you want to stay an extra couple of days? I had nothing to get back to. Kids were off school. Wife was off school. I, I, didn't have any, I didn't have any. I wasn't scheduled to be at a store. I didn't have to be there. And, you know, we, we ended up not staying because, but mainly we ended up not staying because it was the, uh, the condo that we were staying in was booked for the next couple of days. And we didn't want to pack up and move to another place because it just kind of seemed like a hassle. So, so there it was, um, you know, headed home and, you know, had a few weeks to, uh, to just kind of hang out here. And, and, you know, the girls kind of went back to school and I still had a couple weeks. So I had worked it out with the, uh, the place where I was going to go land that, yeah, why don't I just start the, uh, the day after Labor Day? So I uh, went to visit my sister in Valdosta, hashtag Becky in Valdosta, now hashtag Eagle Fan Bex. Um, you know, it, she had lived down there for, I think, seven years and had never been able to visit. Um, visit her all the time when she was in Nashville because Nashville was easy, right? It's a, it's an hour flight. It's an eight-hour drive. Valdosta is, you're probably, in, you know, if you try to fly there, you're probably looking at six, seven, eight hours. If you drive there, it's 15 hours. So it, it's not easy to get there, especially when the amount of time away is condensed to a few days. And, uh, you know, so I, I spent a few days with her, had, had a great time, uh, just hanging out really. There wasn't uh, you know, it's Valdosta. There's, there's not a ton to do. Uh, it's on the East coast. So she got me up by four 30 by my body time to go work out with her at, uh, I think the gym was called her eyes fitness. Um, is what I called it, but apparently it's heart rise, but great gym, fun time. Um, we did one of those wine and paint things, you know, just drove me around town. I think they, uh, I think they still had a, like a, uh, uh, just for feet. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was cool. Um, but really I just kind of enjoyed just not having anything to do. Driving around with her, driving around town, seeing what Valdosta was like. Um, you know, on that same trip, went down, saw uh, saw my really good friend Billy Oxley. He'd moved to uh, to Orlando. Went down, spent a few days with him, hung out, just laughing, cutting up, just just like old times. And uh, you know, he he's always been a good sounding board for me as far as um, you know, what to do career wise, what to do business wise, you know, he'd been very successful with, um, several businesses that, that he and his dad had owned. And, um, you know, just kind of, he's, he's always just been that, that great sounding board. Um, you know, somebody I could genuinely go down to and ask genuine questions and not feel like judged or not feel inadequate or, you know, and, and also this is, um, you have to, in, in many times you have to be able to walk the talk and there's so many people, and this is part of the reason why I didn't miss Twitter and I didn't miss Facebook when I got off is that there are so many experts that haven't ever done a damn thing on that platform. There are so many parenting experts that have never changed a diaper that have never spent one night with a crying baby, that have never spent a day parenting, that want to give you parent advice. And it's the same thing with business. People that have never done a damn thing, that have never spent a damn dime of theirs, want to give you business advice on how to make your business better. And generally their advice is shit. Now, nah, Billy... He's been there. He's walked it. He knows the ups and downs. He's known what it takes to be successful. He knows what it 
what doesn't he knows what works doesn't what what doesn't works so when he gives advice when he gives thoughts when he gives opinions i'd listen you know and there's a lot of people that give me advice and thoughts and opinions on business and i'm like "Uh uh-huh okay yeah thanks all right because they've never done it and they don't they don't know what they're talking about um so you know for a couple days man just bumped around orlando doing nothing enjoying the time enjoying the time with my friend just being there and then uh you know i headed home and uh Couple days later, September seventh, I started out at Apex, and that's where the official birth of Biz Broker Andy. Um, basically, I started working as a as a business broker. And if you're not familiar, um, because a lot of people aren't, um, we're very similar to real estate agents in that we connect buyers and sellers, but we don't connect them on buying houses. We connect them on buying businesses, and you know, a main difference is when you buy a house or when you sell a house, you want everybody in the world to know it. You put it on Facebook, you put it on the MLS, you put a sign in the front yard, you host open houses, you invite, you you ask your friends, your family, your pastor, your dog, you ask everyone to tell, tell their friends and family about your business, about, excuse me, about your house that's on the, on the market. When a business is for sale, you don't want anybody to know. Don't want your customers to know. Don't want your competitors to know. Don't want your employees to know. You don't want your suppliers to know. Sometimes you don't want your spouse to know. Occasionally the spouse does know. But you point being, you don't want anybody to know. And so I have found myself in, I, I feel that I'm thriving. And this is one of the first times where professionally things feel like they're clicking so i was very very concerned about the commute from independence to overland park and part of that comes from when i was at the credit union i'd drive independence to Lenexa every day and it was 45 minutes to an hour on a good day and I had this negative connotation about what an office is. To me, an office was this political environment to where nobody really cared, really cared about what's best for the company, what's best for the health of the the organization. It was all about how do I make myself look good? How do I protect my job? And how do I protect my spot? How do I get my damn push? How do I how do I make myself look good in the eyes of the executives? And it, it wasn't necessarily, hey, is this the right thing for us to do? It was, well, you didn't talk to me. It, yes, it's the right thing to do, but you didn't talk to me first. And because you didn't talk to me, I'm going to kill it. It's a lot like Congress. Uh, you have allies and you have enemies inside the walls. And I'm not telling anybody that hasn't worked in an organization anything they don't know. But I just could never, I, I never thrived in that environment. And so I had friends in the office. I had people I enjoyed talking to. I had people I enjoyed working with. But it became so difficult and so frustrating to get anything done that I had this negative connotation about what an office is. And I don't want to drive 30, 40, an hour to this office. Um, but what I have found is in this office where I'm at, because look, here's the, here's the fact of the matter. This is an eat what you kill business. 100% commission. You don't sell anything, you don't make anything. So you don't list anything, you don't sell anything. You don't get paid. So it's incumbent upon you to go out and make the opportunity, succeed, make the opportunity the best that you can, do the work, build the build the processes, get the reps in. And eventually those things are going to pop. That eventually 
you keep doing the right things and just get 1% better every day. That's all I like to do, 1%. Can I get 1% better every day? And, you know, what I've found is that I actually find myself thriving in that office environment there. Um, there are no politics. Why are there no politics? It's eat what you kill. There, there's no bullshit meetings. There's no TPS reports. There's no cover sheets for TPS reports. There are rules. There are things we have to do. There's things that, you know, I can't show up in shorts and a hoodie. So I have to, I had to alter my dress. I actually have to dress like a real person instead of the, the shorts and t-shirt that I, I was wearing to, to the store. But what I found is that commute, that 30 minutes, has allowed me to transition from I'm at home to I'm at work, from I'm at work to I'm at home. And so there is a nice separation that that, that time in the car gives me. And that was one of the things that I was worried about was this commute and how much money am I going to spend in gas? And, oh, my gosh, I'm going to that's an extra hour out of my day that is non-productive. Go back to what I said about changing my mental framework. This, I, I, it's taken me 45 years, I guess, to, to, to figure it out, but it's all mental. It's all emotional. And so mentally getting myself right to go to work, mentally disconnecting from work to go home. Those are things that for the past 10 years that I had carried with me both ways. Could never turn it off. I, I'm not going to tell you that I don't check my phone to see if an email or something like that has come in because I do. If I'm sitting on the couch watching TV or something, I'll check my phone. You know, and if I respond, I respond. And if I don't, well, I don't. But I don't feel obligated to do it. Um, the other thing that I've found that I've really enjoyed is I've enjoyed being the new guy. I've enjoyed being the dumbass. And for those of you that aren't familiar with what that is, go try something new. So for the last five years at my store, I was probably I was the smartest guy in the room, right? I knew all the decisions, strategic direction, people's schedules, what they should do for their job. I was the smartest guy in the room. Well, now I'm not. I'm the dumbest guy in the room. I'm the least experienced. I ain't done a damn thing in this business. So I'm learning. And along the way, you know, I, I feel like I've over the short time that I've been there, I feel like I've gained the respect of my of my my the other brokers. I don't want to call them my peers yet. They will be eventually. But I've gained their respect. And I think that I've done it because they see the work that I'm putting in. They see the thoughtful approach that I'm taking. They see that I'm I'm there for the long haul. And They've come to me and they've they've asked me for some help on a, a few tools and a few processes and a few things that you know they see me doing that I've shared like oh hey here's a, a little different way to do this because you know I'm convinced that the way that you first do something is the way that you'll do it forever. I mean I I, I still keep all of our expenses in a spreadsheet because tools online weren't available when we wanted to track that and we wanted to see where we were spending our money. So I, I just keep the same spreadsheet. These people that have worked here for 8, 15, 20 years, there's new tools that maybe they're not aware of because they've been busy building their book. And so, you know, they can see me come in, the new guy, the new guy has a different perspective. The new guy can say, "Hey, you know, here's a here's a tweak. Well, tell me why you do it that way." Well, why can't we do it this other way? And so I'm learning and I'm also teaching. Um, you know, and, and the people that I've worked with there, the people that I've worked with, they have all been so welcoming. 
very welcoming, very giving of their time, their expertise. Um, doors always open, happy to answer a question. Um, you know, I should probably ask more, but everyone there has been been amazing. So, and then you know when I when I look at who who the clients are, I like working with other business owners. I like working with people that have been there that I can talk that we have something in common. We both know what it's like to run a business. None of the other brokers that I work with know what it's like to run a business during COVID. So I can talk to these folks that have ran a business during COVID. Um, and, you know, I, I find myself like with the would-be entrepreneurs, the people that, that want to buy a business, people that want to get into it. You know, I can share my story. I can share my experiences. I can, you know, give them some guidance on, you know, as they're evaluating and looking at at these businesses. So, you know, that, you know, as I had kind of talked, you know, the summer ended and, you know, fall began and, you know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of weird as i record this um kansas city is supposed to get a very large snowfall you know, three to five inches inch and inch and a half to three inches of rain or you know whatever haven't looked at the latest forecast no new data for you gary lezak fans um but for the first time in 10 years i i don't care i don't care that it's going to snow doesn't impact my my day-to-day -day, doesn't impact my income and, uh, you know, I, 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 that's something that I hadn't done in a long, long time. In a long time, I, you know, I'm not looking at the weather. I mean, I'm looking the weather to plan activities, see if I can go outside, see if I should wash my car. Um, but I, I'm not looking at the weather, letting the weather determine, oh, I'm going to be in a shitty mood because business is going to be down because it's going to snow. It's going to be cold. Damn, I, I wish that winter would be shorter so that people would want to come buy smoothies. I, I don't, I don't do that anymore, and it, you know, and that, that's a weird thing, um, you know. And I, I kind of running low on time here, not necessarily running low on time, but I'm about to wrap this up. But as the year has progressed, and you know, I, I think I noticed it probably sometime. I guess consistently in October or November. Um, I actually dream again. Not like the I'm gonna do blah 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 dreams, but like like dreams that come from good sleep. And I think for the past handful of years, I I don't remember actually dreaming. And what that tell told me is that uh sure I slept, quote air quotes, I slept, but I didn't really sleep. I didn't hit all three phases of, of sleep. And, um, you know, so it, it was just one of those things that just occurred to me is that I'm actually sleeping. I'm actually dreaming. When I wake up, I don't wake up tired. Um, I don't crash in the middle of the day. I don't require caffeine or energy drinks. Now I just drink them because I like them. But, I don't require them. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just been amazing to me um, how important it is to check in with yourself. Check in to why is something bothering you. Check in on what can I do to fix it. Um, you know, it, it was, it's amazing to see, you know, I think, I think you always know when you're stressed. But I don't know that you necessarily know what the impact of that stress is doing to you until you're actually out of it and you can look back. Um, and so, you know, I, I I have some things for myself that I can check on to see how am I doing? How am I, how's my stress levels? Um, you know, and I think the, the main thing that I need to work on is not bullshitting myself. Um, I think that we can tell ourselves, oh, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, but why lie to yourself? 
you know, I, I knew that I wasn't. Maybe I was lying to myself because I didn't know how to fix it. Um, but, you know, I think that I, I think I built some some tools and acquired some tools along the way. And, I, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm convinced that, you know, we get things in our life when we 100% need them. And I think I needed the reinvention podcast from Jim Rome. Um, because maybe I wouldn't have listened to it if it was somebody else. Um, maybe the fact that I was like the Jim Rome show, um, rock him epic. And then thinking, well, I know Jim and I know what I'm going to get. And I got something completely different and it was something that I needed. And so for that, I'll always appreciate it and I'll always be grateful. So, um, but you know, I, I, I think that even when things aren't awesome, right. I think that there's still joy all around. And I think that there's still small things that you can, that you can look at. Um, you know, and some, many of my favorite things kind of got glossed over during this that I didn't even touch on. So you know, like I said, when there's even when things are bleak, there's joy all around. I, I enjoy Cob I enjoyed watching Cobra Kai. I enjoyed Yellowstone. Uh, plowed through a couple seasons of Jack Ryan, Narcos, Ozark. I think I've caught up on Billions. Maybe a few episodes left, but that one's on a short short leash. And unfortunately for you, this is us fans. That one got fired this year. I just couldn't couldn't take it anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm still hooked on Survivor. I love my pro wrestling. Don't watch it as much as I uh, as I had in the past, but I still enjoy it when I when I do get to watch it. And if there's a if there's something good on there, I I'll I'll pick it up. And yeah, you know, I still love my Chiefs and my Royals. Um, but I, I got to do better. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time with a great friend of the show, Bruce Pilcher, David Pilcher's dad. And, uh, you know, I think we've talked about how Bruce isn't allowed to watch like Cardinals games because he gets too riled up. And I can see myself going down that path and I, I got to correct it. Like, I just, I need to enjoy the games for what they are and realize that I haven't spent one second on a practice field in a meeting room. I, I have no impact whatsoever on the chiefs and how they play or their opponent. And yet here I, I live and die with how they, how they do. Um, so I don't know, I guess you can't be perfect. Right. Um, but you know, I love watching, you know, I loved watching my girls participate in their activities, you know, even, even during these, these downtimes, you know, it's, you know, Annika, man, she keeps us busy. She's got basketball, soccer, softball, soccer, dance. Always got something going on. Elle goes in and out. You know, she doesn't really gravitate towards one sport. This year, she seems to be really into swimming. Um, you know, so I, I enjoy going to her swim meets. And, you know, thankfully, at swimming, I can kind of just be a dad, right? Like, I don't really know much about swimming other than when I watch it on the Olympics every four years. And, you know, I can throw some advice like, hey, you should make your turns quicker. Like that does anything, right? So, um, you know, I, I enjoy that. As, uh, you know, as a year, you know, we, we did, 2021, we did get to return to a lot of things that we didn't get to do in 2020. Uh, sledding. I went to a father-daughter dance with both girls. I had the return of the Jackson Drive first Friday of the NCAA tournament. Got to hang out with my buddies all day, drink some beer, watch some basketball. Uh, see my tournament sheet die a painful death as I do every year. Um, you know, we got to celebrate birthdays with family and friends and no masks indoors. If we wanted to, we, you know, we had Easter and Easter egg hunts and I got to coach T-ball. And the funny thing about my T-ball team this year, there were two teams we played the same team 12 times yet. It was a blast. We had so much fun, you know, watching those little girls that can't hit the ball on the first practice, hitting it out of the infield on the, by the last game and their improvement and the joy on their face when they're the star of the game that gets to run around and, you know, in T-ball, the last person that hits gets to hit a home run. So 
I would rotate my lineup so that every girl got to be that star of the game and you get a game ball and they get to play pitcher and they'd have their family out and it'd be awesome. And I love that. I loved, you know, going, um, and celebrating. I loved going and celebrating the 4th of July with our friends, you know, 4th of July fell this year to where we could go to two parties and, you know, different days and blow up fireworks and just be around our friends and, you know, go to the lake, go in the pool, celebrate the 4th of July go mini golfing worlds and oceans of fun. You know, a lot of these things we couldn't do last year. Um, you know, Annika got to go on the field for player introductions, one game at the K. Um, those are amazing pictures. See your kid on that huge jumbotron, right? Like how cool is that? Um, you know, I get to take both girls on a daddy daughter day where Elle and I, we drove down to the, the cosmosphere down in, in Hutch and Annika and I kind of hung around here and in town and just went to every place that she wanted to go. So we hit up all the arcades. Um, and I did my first wine and paint thing with Becky when I was down there. I went to Hogan's Beach Shop when I was with Billy in Orlando. The Hulkster wasn't there, but I'm sure if he was, he would have complimented me on that sweet 97 Hogan tan that I had. I mean, I was I was looking good. I had a good tan. Working out a lot. Uh yeah, I kept my Chiefs home opener intact. Went back to high school football since uh, L is now a freshman, so I'm back watching high school games. More soccer in the fall with Anna, with Annika. Did the Rugged Maniac with L and my buddy Neil Coverin. Something I hadn't been able to do. My nephew got married this year. Carter and Kayla had a great, beautiful wedding. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to give a, uh, I don't know what kind of speech it was, I guess an old man, the old old man that can actually talk on a microphone speech, um, which I may end up having to retire from that because my nephew McGuire upstaged me with dick jokes. I used to be the dick joke guy. And now McGuire, you know, I'm out here giving like, you know, advice, marital advice, genuine good stuff. And I'm getting upstaged by dick jokes. So I either need to change my uh, change my approach or or set it down. Um you know, my sister came back in town. We took her to the Festival of Light. She loved it. You know, these things, that the joy is all around, you know, just simple things, looking at Christmas lights. So um, so there it is. You know, there's kind of my uh, 2021 in review. And, you know, I, I normally don't share like these month-by-month -month type things, but I just found this year to be incredibly interesting. Um, and I hope you did too, but I, you know, I, th I think we have this recency bias. And so like, if the last few months have been good, we just assumed the whole year was good. But for me, and I'm sure there are so many people like this, the start of 2021, there was a ton of uncertainty. And for many people, there's still a ton of uncertainty. And, you know, the, the virus has completely changed the way that we operate how we view things, the economy, how we buy things, what's important, what isn't important. And, you know, we're in, we're in this transition time of post-COVID economy. And what does that do to us individually? What's that do to the macro? I mean, you see a lot of industries, a lot of employees, a lot of employers that are hurting because of what this virus has done to, to their business. I was fortunate to get out. I was fortunate to, enough to find somebody to, to sell stuff to so that I didn't just auction it off and shut it down and walk away. Um, not so many, not a lot of, a lot of businesses aren't that fortunate and it's, and it's sad and it's, it's the small things, right? It's the small mom and pops that, uh, that are the most impacted. So, um, but you know, I, I believe that 2021 is going to, shape my future in many ways, you know, and I, I think the reason why it's going to shape my future is that uncertainty, I was able to figure out how to deal with, I was able to figure out how to deal with the uncertainty. What worked for me? I don't know if it'll work for you. I don't know if, if, if it works for everybody, but it worked for me. Um, and I do have several goals for 2022. Um, but 
you know, my overriding theme is basically going to be, be where my feet are. And, you know, what that means is that wherever I am, that's where I need to have my thoughts. That's where I need to be my emotions and my mental and mental, emotional, and physically need to all be in the same place. You know, if I'm sitting at the house, but I'm thinking about work, I'm not really doing much for, for the people that I'm sitting in the house with and vice versa. If I'm sitting at, if I'm sitting at work and all I'm thinking about is all the other stuff that I've got to do personally, well, I'm not giving my, I'm not giving my colleagues and I'm not giving my clients the best of me. And that's what I want to do is I want to give the people around me the best of me. And I think the only way for me to do that is to make sure that I am where, where I am, that be where your feet are and set a standard and live to that standard. You know, like I'd, I'd mentioned earlier, if you improve by 1% every day. So if you were to invest $1 on January 1st and you got 1% interest on that, on that dollar every day, when you got to New Year's Eve, you'd have almost $38. So 1% every day takes you from $1 to $38 in the course of a year. It's a massive, massive return. And so, you know, I think that a lot of times we get caught up in that we have to make these huge changes and these monumental changes, um, but it's, it's all incremental. And so if you're just 1% better today than you are tomorrow, be 1% better tomorrow than you are today, and 1% the next day and the next day, the growth will come. You're not going to have every day be perfect, but that's what I'm striving for. So I hope that I can be where my feet are. I hope that I can set a standard and live to that standard, and I hope that I can improve 1% every day. So I appreciate you guys sticking with uh, Matt and I. I think we're going on our third calendar year, which is hard to imagine. We've been doing this for over 100 episodes. Um, I appreciate you sticking with us and um, wish you all a happy new year. And I hope that 2022 is the most rewarding year of your life. Um, we plan on being here creating content we'd love to do it every week but sometimes life gets in the way and we apologize for that but if you know the bastards in blue chew would come through with that blue chew money we uh we probably probably be able to do it more but you know they they haven't kicked in that sponsorship money like we thought we'd get so anyway happy new year and uh i guess we'll talk to you guys next year should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne?